mentioned a few times about the AFC East, and we just come from there. The NFC East, however, Brian, is absolutely fascinating. And the Washington Commanders will go into town to the New York Giants. The Commanders sitting at 7-5, the Giants sitting at 7-4. They will meet up uh, twice in about three weeks, I think it is. It's going to be very soon. And in fact, if I'm right, the Commanders play the Giants, have a bye, then play the Giants again. So they'll be thinking about the New York for three weeks in a row if I'm remember that correctly but but brian maybe i'll throw this to you first because i know you you love and monitor everything to do with the nfc east especially to do with big blue yeah that's a quirky little uh piece in the schedule america i can honestly say that's not gone down well with most joints fans nor has it gone down well with the joints media that the commanders essentially get to prepare for the joints for three weeks for two games but like this is this is playing football now let's be fair like i know we're not military december but like um you know, you see all the teams around. Who, if the if season ended today, who would be in the playoffs? Right now, every NFC East team would be in the playoffs, and then they've kind of whittled it down based on the records. Essentially, saying now it's a three-horse race for two wildcard spots. That being the Giants, Commanders, and the Seahawks. So this is a massive game. If the Giants were to win this game and put two game a gap between them and the Commanders, but again, essentially another game against them in two weeks, it would be significant. And bearing in mind where the Vikings and the Eagles are, and they have to play them later on in the season. With a Coles game thrown in, you know, they could be, you know, at a stage where they, there's nothing to play for. And they, it could actually play to the Giants' advantage for the Vikings to continue winning and for a similar situation with Philadelphia in terms of wrapping up the number one seed. For this game, I've been quite nervous. I've been quite high in the Commanders for quite some time. And if you, in fairness, like over the course of the last five weeks when we've been previewing them games, I've been picking them. I picked them against the Vikings. They're, they're only defeat in seven games. Since that game in, in Chicago when Ron Rivera came out and did that, very bold press conference and he was slating people questioning him and questioning his team and questioning Carson Wentz, Dave Rallies and it just shows again what a great coach he is in the league and the kind of coach players will want to play for. I thought they got away with one last week. You know, Mariota had a lot of time in the in the pocket. He didn't really deliver in order better quarterbacks would have taken advantage and the game was there for the Falcons. They didn't play well last week. Tyler Heineken probably had one of his worst games since he stepped in as quarterback. And the Giants last week had a difficult game in Dallas. Like they've had 10 days to rest. I'm thinking that's an advantage to the Giants. And I'm looking at the injury report where the Giants were decimating on Thanksgiving in terms of what players. It was players playing in that game who hadn't played a snap all season. And they've since been released or essentially brought in off the street to play one game. That's how bad things were. They've got 14 players back off injury. Um, it's huge. Bellinger, tight end. Evan Neal, offensive line. Ujolari is going to finally play. Thibodeau is starting to kind of come on. He can get sacks, and maybe this is the weekend that it happens because their offensive line isn't great. Um, and if it wasn't behind in terms of getting outside the perimeter times, he would be sacked too. Look, their defensive line is quite strong as well, so the Giants' offensive line is going to have a real game on their hands. Barkley hasn't played well for quite a few weeks. He's, his numbers of his snap count has come down. His yards obviously have reflected that. I'm not sure what it's a case of. There's been so much put on him that in terms of the longevity of a season is already catching up. I looked at the stats today, 19.4 on offense in terms of points against 20.5 defense, 19.7 against 21. It's so close to call and it's reflective in the odds, like it's one and a half points on the spread. I'm going to say my Giants win, but I'm not comfortable with the pick. I think they edge it out because they've had 10 days to rest up, focus on this game. And right now, Brian Dable needs this victory, I would imagine, more so than Rivera because there's still, there's still games there for Washington to make the playoffs, but the Giants really need this one to stop the, the slide. Giants for me. Brian Dable, 
almost everything he has touched since he went to New York has turned to, to gold. He is uh, truly King Midas. The only fly in the ointment might be the NFC East. They're 0 and 2 this year, and uh, 0 and 5 in their past five divisional games. And uh, that is uh, an issue for the Giants and, and one they need to correct if they are to, to make the, the playoffs. I, I mean, yeah, Brian Wrightley um, kind of has gone through Washington and uh, Ron Rivera. And like, what the this is where sometimes stats don't make sense because you look at Taylor Heineke and statistically he is not an impressive QB. But undoubtedly, Washington are a better side with him. Um, they they perform now. When he comes on, if you get him under pressure, I that's where I think it can um, really co- come apart, and that will be interesting to see if the the Giants can do that. Um, but he does. He keep he keeps going and going and going. Um, the uh, I I don't know if Washington will act will play Chase Young. I doubt it, given the the turf, and I don't think they will want to to do that. Um, but overall, their defensive uh, front has been really really impressive, and they have held uh, teams to um, fifteen point four uh, points per game. Is what I uh, was was reading. I think this is uh, like divisional matchups are always like kind of epic battles. Um, it, it'll be fought in the the trenches, and um, I, I I think it's it's an absolute toss up. Um, I, I think that ultimately the if this if this game was four weeks ago and Saquon was was doing what he had been doing, I'd probably favor the Giants. I really think this is a, a field goal at, at most type game. I'm going to go um, with the Commanders just because the form that they're in, but again, I really think this is an absolute coin toss game. I, I saw a description of this game saying that the Giants and Commanders were playing in a rare, meaningful December game. Um, which was harsh but true, in fairness. And it is very meaningful for both of them, uh, as we alluded to, as things currently stand. They're both in the playoffs, Brian, I want to say. I think the three NFC uh, playoff spots are all occupied by the NFC East teams. Um, And I think we talked a little bit on Monday about the historical scenarios when there have been four teams from a division go to the playoffs when there used to be only three divisions and five teams in them, for example, prior to expansion. Um. A couple of things, Brian, you alluded to the fact that the running game slowed down. I think in their three losses recently, the Giants, in the last four games, the Giants have fell to top 90 yards on the ground for a team that's been driven by their running game. That is a concern. And you start to wonder, is it the offensive line isn't bursting the same holes? Is Saquon seeing some wear and tear? I did allude to the fact that when he had to take 35 carries against the Texans, that's where until you would like to be saving him from for more meaningful games, but the reality is they needed him and they needed it to um, finish off the game. And yes, they are getting players back, but I think where they've still got an injury gap is at corner. Um, and that is a bit of a problem because Scary Terry is still playing and still playing very well for the Washington Commanders. So um, it is a, a true number one receiver there that they will be matching up with, as well as some interesting threats in the intermediate game some great speed around the um, Washington uh, receiver court if 
Heineke gets enough time to get the ball out. But where I think this game is going to spin more than anything is on the other side of the ball and the fact that you've got the accountancy firm of Sweat, Allen and Payne in that D-line, even without Chase Young, all of which have at least six and a half sacks each during the season so far. Um, and, you know, Washington's total of 30 is quite nice, but you consider how much that line uh, just is contributing and you obviously gives Ron Rivera, defensive coach by nature, a lot of options, and they've come into their own. From starting the season, one and four, they have, of course, won six out of their last seven games. They have real momentum behind them. And whilst Brian Dayball has done a great job uh, with the Giants, I'm backing Ron Rivera, who's done an even better job in season to turn around the commanders to move them for one step closer uh, and move to eight and five this weekend. Um, now this, you know, we sometimes say there are a lot of games here. There's only one or two between teams with winning records, but Colin, you said at the start of the show, like it's a veritable feast this weekend. And the next game we'll talk about is, uh, two teams that are top of their respective divisions. The Titans are seven and four are going to the NFL leading, not even just their division, not even just the NFC, the NFL leading Philadelphia Eagles with a 10 and one record um i think we might see a rush or two in this game just i've just got a feeling that one one or two rushes might occur during the course of this game yeah i i wonder what what might give give that away uh the the fact that the eagles had their most rushing yards since 1948 uh, in their their last game and um, that they ran all over the the packers uh, the the worry, though, for the Titans is that the Eagles can win in different ways. And you can definitely sound the revenge klaxon in this one because this is the A.J. Brown game. And it will be very interesting to see how this goes because, yeah, obviously, the Titans decided, um, you know, to, to to move on and not pay him. Um, Burks come in and has done quite well uh, after you know a, a slow start due to injury and a lot of talk about him over the summer. He has um, co- come on, but um, and Mike Vrabel has done an incredible job because the Titans we had discussed that they were a team who we didn't feel had really strengthened over the summer months, but um, they have done uh, you know really really well under Vrabel. But last weekend against the Bengals they got bullied and that was really unusual and that ultimately uh, cost them the the game they were beaten up on both sides of the the football i i expect that mike Vrabel will um you know get a response i think he's that type of coach i just think that they at the moment and they talked about it a little bit earlier the broncos um with evero and that defense gave the blueprint for how to stop henry and the Bengals copied that um, over and over and over last week. And I imagine you're going to see the Eagles do something similar this week. I, I This should be a great game. And it will be fascinating to, to watch these two teams go at it. And I have no doubt that just like the um, the Packers the other night, the the Titans will will be it will be in it probably even more much more so than than the Packers because I do think they will want a response. But ultimately, 
I just don't think they will have enough because I, I believe this uh, Eagles defense is very impressive as well. And I think between the points that they're able to put up and what they'll be able to do defensively, they they should get the win. But it's the NFL. Uh, all, all things are possible, but I'm going Eagles. The stopping of Derrick Henry over the past two weeks has been significant. In fairness, we, we're, we're talking about that Broncos game in last week, but it, over the course of the season... You know, he's had some really strong games, but by and large, he's been held to check in quite a few games. And as reflective of the yards last week, he only had 38 yards in rushing, and he had 79 in in receptions, but 74, I believe, came off that one play, which was quite a quirky play. We spoke about it on Monday where he fumbled the ball at the one-yard line. And I look at the Titans in terms of the games in which they've won this year and how many points they put up in games. They haven't been able to live with teams who can put up strong the games in which they've lost, where they play against teams with aggressive offences, who can put up points, they're just not in a position. They can't hold their own and go and blow for blow with teams and find themselves in games 23. This is going to have to be a 17-14, 20-17 type of game for, for me, for the Titans to win. And you're right, AJ Brown, I mean, they offered him 16 million. He got 22. He, he Sorry, he wanted 22 to stay. They offered him 16 million. He said he was being offered a cheap deal. Well, his numbers this year are reflective of that. He's at 831 yards, reception 53 of 53 balls he's, he's 155 in two plus games seven touchdowns he's had a significant um, he's he's proven that he's proven to be the player that the eagles thought he was and why they should why he should have been paid with tennessee titans i'd imagine he will have a big game someday prove to the titans that they should never let him go in terms of the trade and i don't see anything other than an eagles win it's worth saying as well, Brian, that their figures with Devontae Smith as a downfield threat and that their figures with Dallas Goddard, who in fairness is on injured reserve at the moment, but also taking targets and with the team that is still, albeit we don't expect it necessarily to be as skewed as it was the other week, uh, still very much run first with a running quarterback and a very effective downhill running game. Um, so that is extremely impressive performance. And you know, this is the beauty, I suppose, again, of the rookie quarterback on the market-efficient cap. The Eagles and Harry Roseman has done it again, and he's built around him. And he's built the downfield threats. He's built the system around to support Jalen Hurts and Jalen Hurts' skill set. Um, I'm sure prior to the last few games, Justin Fields in Chicago might have been looking around and saying, Jesus, could someone build a skill, you know, a team around my skill set? It might actually prove like a good idea. Um there is there are so many superlatives, and there are a lot of superlatives that we can say about the Eagles. There's equally a lot of superlatives we could say about Mike Rabel's coaching job in Tennessee this year. They are definitely down on talent from where they were last year. They started the season 0-2, and look where we are a few weeks later. They're at 7-4. They're comfortably atop the AFC South, uh, and they are marching their way to, again, meaningful games in January, which is what it's all about. I think the interesting thing for me last um, week for the Eagles, though, I'm going to zone in on them a little bit more, is there was lots of weirdness in that game. Like, their kickoff coverage suddenly decided to disappear against Green Bay. Green Bay had three material kickoff returns. I think a couple of them went for more than 50 yards, which doesn't normally happen, which kind of skewed the game a lot. And like we said, the whole offensive performance was very different. Um, they're going to be down a couple of key players. Goddard, as alluded to, Gardner Johnson lacerated a kidney in that Green Bay game, his starting safety, and he will be out. Um, indeed, that secondary, which started the season absolutely locked down, has had a few potential gaps uh, exposed. But let's be fair, the Titans are not necessarily made up to exploit them in the passing game. 
Um, here's a little nuance for you. The three times in their history, the Philadelphia Eagles during the Super Bowl era have started 10-1. and one. They made the Super Bowl every single time, lost it twice, won it once. So Eagles fans, there's a, there's a little thing for you to fly, Eagles fly with uh, on this Thursday night. It's going to be a great game. It's a clash of stars. Like I say, there's going to be a lot of running in this game. Um, but I do fancy the Eagles still to have enough, even with those injuries, even with a little bit of um, uh, a tune down, shall we say, in performance, because Titans can't do it all on Derrick Henry's shoulders uh, and legs, and and they, um, they're just going to find themselves slightly unmatched this weekend. Not going to stop them winning the AFC South. It's not going to stop them appearing in January. And when it gets to playoff times, who knows? But Eagles for me to go to 11 and 1. Um, on that, guys, I mean, just actually very briefly, we're talking that the Eagles are 10 and 1. Cowboys are chasing them. Vikings are chasing them for number one seed. They obviously have the uh, the tiebreaker against the Vikings. Cowboys, they've still got another game uh, to play against them uh, later on in the season. Do you see them stumbling of the blocks? We've seen it in past years. I remember the the, the Patriots started 10-0 one year and ended up with the second seed because they lost four of six. Um, do you see the Eagles potentially having a material stumble or is it locked in? They're going to be first round, first seed, get the extra buys and then you have to win three games in the playoffs. I, I don't think it's absolutely locked in, um, but equally I don't I don't see them being I, I don't think they're a fraudulent uh, team. I don't don't think this is an eleven and zero Steelers type situation. Um, I, I do think that they like I mean again it wouldn't be a shock if the Titans were to to beat them. It wouldn't be a shock if they were for me if they were to drop say two more games uh, over the the course of the rest of the, of the, the season. And I do think when it comes to the, the playoffs, they they will need to to step it up. Um, but I don't see them having any sort of enormous collapse. Um, they have they have lost players and they have rebounded. Uh, you know, after their loss a couple of weeks ago, they've won two on the bounce. Uh, and and to be honest, like nearly nearly losing and then responding is what you wanted to see because the pressure. Um, that goes on you when you, the longer you go unbeaten uh, is kind of ridiculous. And especially for uh, a head coach uh, who is, you know, in his second year, uh, a QB who is essentially two and a bit years into his um, uh, career, uh, I, I don't think it will have done the Eagles any harm to have lost the game. I don't think it would do them any harm to maybe lose another game. Um, but I, I don't see a collapse where they end up kind of losing four or five games. Um, it would have to be a case of them losing this weekend, to be honest, Mark. Yeah, that would put the concern. Um, I, I'm looking at the schedule in which they've got left. They've got to play the Bears, they've got to play the Saints. Yeah, with all due respect to it. Uh, the Giants having a great season. They played the Giants twice, and again that game in Week 18 could be could be redundant. Um, they've also got the, the Cowboys. I think it's Cowboys on Christmas Eve. That's that's the big one. But this this game this weekend would have to be would have to be a defeat for this for for potentially a scenario where they don't make the first seed. Um, for me, I wouldn't say it's locked in similar to Colin, but I think to get over the hump this weekend, I think they're nearly there. Are you more concerned about the Vikings being in the position to be able to win out? To get out to, to, to leapfrog them because as you touched on there they've already beaten them week two so essentially right now they've got a two game they've got a two game lead because the first obviously tiebreaker if they were to finish on the same record would essentially be that game in week two and obviously the Eagles have that in the bag so 
they're going to have to lose two and, and have the Vikings run the table. I just don't see don't see that how that can materialize. Fair enough. No, I'm I'm with you guys. I'm they're too legit to quit in my mind. And Colin's saying they're not fraudulent. That's right. They're legitimate in relation to it. So I I, I see it as just an interesting question.